Hello and welcome to Homeopathy at Home with Melissa. If you're ready to be independent in helping your family with acute and chronic conditions in a more natural way, if you're interested in learning how to use homeopathy at home, and if you enjoy positive, encouraging messages, then this is the podcast for you. Click subscribe, grab some coffee or tea, a pen and a notebook, and get ready to learn how to use homeopathy at home in your family. The information in this podcast and its transcription is to be used for education only. The suggestions here should not replace the advice of your medical doctor, and you should never stop any prescription medications without the advice and direction of your doctor. I am not a physician, I am not prescribing, and I am not making healthcare decisions for you. It is your choice to use the information provided here and in any future communications with me regarding homeopathy and natural health care. Welcome back to Homeopathy at Home with Melissa. Again, hey, Melissa. Hello, we're back again. Um, Today, before we start, before I do another little intro, I wanted to read a review. This one's from August of last year. And just a short little sweet, Melissa, I came across your podcast recently and your positive attitude gives real boost and motivates me to try homeopathic medicine. Oh, thank you. Padma, I think is how you say that name. I'm sorry if I got that wrong. How sweet. Thank you, Padma. Thank you so much. It's true. And I I feel like that's a good, it's a good encouragement because we always say that we don't need, I don't know. We're not trying to get everybody to be a professional or perfect at it before you try, but just try it. Yeah, just that's right. Use what you have and try something. That's right. Just try it. Don't get in analysis paralysis. Yep. Let's do it. You're not going to kill anybody with homeopathy. Do it. Yeah. That's a tagline. We're going to add that to things. <laughs> you won't kill anybody with homeopathy, but true, <laughs> truly it's so safe to just try. So thank you for your reviews and please keep leaving them. That's how people see the podcast. And I check reviews on pretty much everything these days. So Um, I think most people do. So leave them so people know what to expect. And today's episode is, it's not really a follow-up, but we ended last, the last episode um, mentioning that we were going to talk about ADHD. So it's going to be longer than normal. There's a lot of stuff to cover, a lot of detail, but I think it's really good information. So we're going to dive into ADHD. And, and my meat stock, my meat stock is finally cooled off from two weeks ago when I first started drinking it. <laughs> wow. And then there's no more. <laughs> now I can drink it. And now it's time for me to talk. And I'm trying to hurry up and drink it. <laughs> well, and to, in your defense, you've been doing a lot of talking today. I mean, class, we had class earlier. You had class this morning. So friends, it is right now it's 830. And um and I've been up since 4.30 talking. <laughs> and you're still happy in a good mood. Yeah. What else is there? 
we have Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. ADHD. This is going to be a little bit longer um, than last week. And so um, what we want to talk about, because ADHD is a developmental problem and um, it is usually noticed at home. So for those of you that are listening to this, you usually notice it at home before you know, before other, before professionals notice it, but sometimes, but if you're, you know, if your kids are in school, then your teachers might notice it first. But, um, usually you already know that there's a challenging behavior early on. So often parents will pick up on this one's different, you know, than the other ones, or, or even if it's your first one, this one, you know, you're, you're asking, you're asking other parents and, and people in your life, like, I mean, he never stops, right? Because they're go, 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 go. And they're like full speed. And, and they're so full of, of just, um, personality. Yes. So really, I will just put it out there. I'm probably going to ask a lot of personal questions this week because I have a four-year-old son, four and a half almost, who, I look at the words I've used to describe him since he was a um, 10 month old. And I'm like, I, I just recently started thinking, I think he might have ADHD and I don't love like, you know, all the labels I can get, but also I need to be okay with who he is and I want to help him. So I think of him though, I think of the word intense. And I kept, as I was looking over this, that like intensity and the high energy and all of those things. They're not flaws. They're not bad things, but there are things we can do to help them so they can succeed in things because it can get in the way when they don't have the tools yet. They're so young. It's hard to focus, to develop things when they're struggling in that way. Yeah. When I worked in the childcare centers, you know, 20 years ago, um, it was rare it was rare to see ADHD, but when I did, I remembered those, those little four-year-olds being put on medicine and it was so sad to see the personality change. Yes. And half the time I, I, you know, it might be fairly normal. A four-year-old behavior is probably very similar to ADHD behavior. So don't jump to like, if we're going to talk about this and you're like, oh my word, my preschooler is all of these. Well, of course, therefore, and I have to temper myself too that yeah, he's a four-year-old boy. So mm-hmm. putting yeah. him on medication for that is sad. I agree. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the main symptoms, let's just quickly go through the main symptoms of um, in a child suffering from ADHD, and they find it very hard to focus and concentrate. Um, they can't sit still long enough to learn their letters or to learn their color, or to learn to write a letter. You know, mm-hmm. um, they can't hold their train of thought long enough. They're unfocused, easily bored. And as a consequence, they pretty, they do very poorly in school and it's not because they're not smart, you know, or they're, they're not clever enough. It's really just that their focus is so lacking that they can't, they can't sit long enough to actually learn 
and retain the information. And so um, processing, right? And so often um, this is part of the processing deficit. So the attention span is a major problem for these children. Um, often it's the first thing that brings them, um, that brings the problem. Uh, it says my internet's unstable. Let me know if I get, if I get okay. too choppy. Um, so even eating a meal. So often they might never be able to sit still to eat a meal. They might need to be up and moving around while they eat, come back and take, they might be snackers because they don't want to just sit down and, and concentrate enough to eat or sit long enough to eat a meal. They might be impulsive, fearless. These are these fearless boys who, um, <clears throat> what, what's odd uh, or not odd. What's different is they often are full of fears. They have lots of fears, but they're so impulsive that they're physically fearless. They jump off of couches and they, they just, and I swear my, you are seriously this, all I'm thinking about is summit and he, he doesn't even think about it. And I'm starting to feel like, I really want to help him because to people who are not hyper aware of him and who he is, this looks like he is a naughty kid. Mm. It looks like he's just destructive and can't control himself. And he jumps off stuff and he gets in trouble because he can't sit still at the table. And like, I mean, we don't do that. My husband and I, um, I've tried all the things like those different chairs they can sit in and, and he just can't, he even sits on my lap and his knees and his elbows are like digging into me because the kid cannot still still. and I'm like it's fine it's fine I'm just gonna snuggle whatever bony part of you but yeah. anyway, that fearless exactly. element is they just do it right and realize without later thinking about, yeah without thinking about the consequences they don't yeah. think far enough ahead it's to that think processing about, if I jump off of this couch that I could land on my face right or whatever like if I jump off of these monkey bars way up high that I might not just land on my feet they don't think ahead yeah they just do it mm-hmm. yeah um and this is this is you know a, a processing like you said a processing disorder they don't seem to know what's going to happen that a will lead to b and um um the release of adrenaline can be calming for these children so they Great. might that's terrifying. <laughs> so they might get on a bike and go down a big hill. And My life is making sense. Like I've, I'm literally like, all of this is making sense to me now. I'm not alone. <laughs> they might have, you know, this is a reckless behavior and they just, they climb, they run, they, it's, it, they look like they have no fear but they really do. They have, you know, there are some, some fears in there. Um, they look like danger seekers and adrenaline junkies. Um, they're, they're hyperactive and hyperactivity can look different in different kids. So there's this physical restlessness, 
They can't sit still. They get up and wander around. They look out the windows, rock in their seat, fidget, make noises. Um, it might be a small or a big restlessness. <clears throat> um, they might be noisy, laughing, singing, whistling. They have to be doing something with some part of their body. Um, they play um, exciting or violent computer games and can and and those games can seem to calm them down. <laughs> so Summit doesn't play games, but I think of him. It's amazing. He can veg. He can be like a couch potato. If he's watching one of his like really great shows he's into, because I think it is giving him that, which we know TV does, even if it's not intense for a young child. Mm-hmm. This is amazing, you guys. Maybe yeah. I should have known this stuff already, but this is blowing my mind. <laughs> so they can be destructive and and it's not deliberate. This is not a deliberate, I want to destroy these things or myself. They're just so boisterous, so active, so restless. They can't, They break stuff. They're like a bull in the china shop. what oh my goodness my precious puppy he's not in here the 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 german shepherd and what i say is he loves so big like he is just like wow like just he just he's just everywhere and like all over (laughs) and he has no sense of personal space he's in your face and he's he just like jumps on you like he has no like no no idea what is happening to everyone else because yeah, yeah sweet little pup He's so fun, he's so, but he's big and it hurts and he's destructive. <laughs> and I don't mean to compare my puppy to any child, but, um, but this is, um, it, there can be, there sometimes can be deliberate destructiveness. So sometimes they, they can break things and tear things and destroy things. And <clears throat> it just, because it helps them to feel better. So they like to rip things or cut things with scissors and smash things. things. Yeah, set things on fire. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Has he? Oh, um, yeah, all the time. And then there can be violence. So um not all the not all ADHD children are violent, but if they are, then it can be to varying degrees. So they might just hit their mom when they're overwhelmed, or Um, They could be violent or cruel towards animals and um, or classmates or friends. Um, And so they might be um, actively aggressive and, but they don't always have to be. So again, that's the thing that may or may not be there. Mm -hmm. Defiance, you know, oppositional defiance disorder, children, um, they just have no fear of authority and they will not do what they're told. So this is not just their parents. This goes on, you know, into life, into teachers. And it's a constant battle to get them to do what they're supposed to do. Get dressed, uh, brush their teeth, you know, uh, eat whatever the things are that you have to get out, you know, out the door that you have to do before you get out the door. And there's just no fear or respect uh, for authority. Often these children have been difficult from early on with their parents and their parents have never been able to instigate proper boundaries for them. 
Man, I love boundaries. That's really something the Lord's been walking me through in the last, I don't know, mm-hmm. six months or so boundaries. Um, we need to set boundaries for ourselves and mm-hmm. we need to teach our children how to set boundaries. And this is not like a parent. This is not a, um, a lecture on if you teach your children boundaries, they're not going to have ADHD. I'm just saying there's just like a side note. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it's not the, the lack of boundaries in these children is not due to your terrible parenting skills. They literally can't, they, they literally can't do it. They have low self-esteem. Um, so they may have been because usually because of their behaviors, they've been, they've gotten in trouble. They get in trouble. They get in trouble. They get in trouble. They get in trouble. They can't do any. Then they start to feel like they can't do anything right. No, it's so sad. Uh, and why? And why, it's hard being an adult. And honestly, like I, I yeah. see both sides. It is hard because, because look, it is so frustrating and so difficult. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to remember that sometimes they really just can't. And I also don't want to make him feel that way. Like right. That there's such that. there's such this line that's so hard as a parent because you want to teach your children well. Right. We want them to grow, we want them to respect authority and to grow up. We want them there's we want them to ask good questions. We don't want them to lay down, just do whatever authority tells them to do. But we also want them to respect authority and do it right. And then we don't want it's hard. We don't want our children being destructive and we want to, you know, so we're trying to teach them, you know, no, that's not OK. But then also there's this aspect of. What do they, what do people think of me right now? They think I'm a terrible. Oh, totally. Um, or what do they think of my him? Oh yeah. yeah. Or, or do they hate my child. I feel, I know. And I feel bad even like for summit, because you can tell like when he's been really intense in a situation or he gets really physically assertive, even if it's not aggressive, he used to be more of that as a toddler, but the other kids are like, almost like they're traumatized by their experience with him and have like when he really is trying to be sweet, but he is so much that they're instantly he loves like, so good. Yeah. <laughs> and I, so it is hard to think like, I want him to behave this way. Cause I'm like, buddy, I want you to be able to accurately like yeah. portray who you are to these people who don't know you like I do. Um, and I'm sure that just carries on as they get older. Yeah. yeah. Where they don't know how to do that or they're not capable of socially like controlling themselves. Yeah. To yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so hard. It's so hard. And and homeopathy can help so much because and I've seen it. I see it all the time. This is like um, so encouraging. It's a I'm already relieved just thinking that there's a way I can help him. That's not like covering him up or covering up his taking away his personality. Right. Yes. That's exactly what, you know, homeopathy will help stimulate his immune system, those neurological pathways and whatever it is else, whatever else is going on to help him line up to be more stable rather than changing. We're never, homeopathy is not changing people's personalities. It's, it's bringing homeostasis. Mm-hmm. So these kids can have low self-esteem. I, I already said that. 
and um, because they get in trouble so often, then they, you know, some people might tell, might say things to them like they're stupid or they're bad. And that's really sad. Um, and then they fall behind academically. They're in school and they're not doing as well as their peers. Then that makes them feel, you know, like they're not, they're not as good. Like they're, like they're stupid and um, they're just not able to do the work. And then socially, um, you know, they look like just the, the naughty kid in class and, and then the, the other kids laugh at them, you know, laugh because it's not at them, like, but laugh because it's funny and, um, or laugh at them because of, you know, maybe other reasons, but then, you know, then the teacher's mad and, or the authority's mad because now the whole thing's disrupted. So, um, and then they don't get invited to parties anymore because they might be destructive. Um, so the self-esteem can really hit rock bottom. And so those are some, those are some of the, the ADHD, what it, what it might look like, you know, in some children. And um, there's lots of things that we can do for them, you know, outside of homeopathy. So, you know, what we have said before, we don't just, we don't think that homeopathy is the only way it's, it's a great tool. There may, there are other, there are behavioral, you know, things you as a parent need to learn how to help these, help your children, you know, so get help with that. Um, so there are, some of the causes that are believed to, um, to some of the things that are, that are believed to cause ADHD. Of course, nobody knows 100%, uh, but there are some things like food dyes. You can see it. You can see when they get a hold of a, of a food with a food with food dye and especially red or blue, they go off the wall. That, that hyperactivity is out of control. Um, coffee can make these kids can cause this. Uh, video games can cause this mamas. I'm telling you from experience and it's hard. It's hard in today's world um, because there's going to, if, even if you say no to video games right now, or if you try to limit them, there's something about these video games. These boys easily become addicted. I mean, it is, it's as easy as pie for them. Well, to and when you think if that's a place where um, they feel they look calm, right. Or they might feel calm. Like what it said before, it's giving that them that adrenal rush mm-hmm. that they feel calm in that minute, you know, or that little bit. And that might be the only relief I've been there where I'm like, man, I know he will go chill out in front of the TV for an hour. Yeah. And sometimes I want to do that because I nonstop trying yeah, to be on top to of him. But we all know what happens when that's over. Yeah. They still have that adrenaline and then they have nothing to do with it except go nuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so they probably need to move their bodies. For sure. Yes. Right. And then, and then you're the mom, you're like, huh, you know, you've been trying to do it all day, every day. You got these other kids and you've got uh-huh. a husband, you got to cook dinner and laundry and man, that's a hard, hard place to be. Um, 
but just generally speaking, video games are so highly addictive to these boys. And um, as they get older and all their friends are playing video games and they're the only ones that aren't, let's see if I can fix my glare. I don't think I can. You're not bad on my end. It's okay. All right. Well, um, <laughs> it's just like right on my face. It's a little, <laughs> you look like an angel. <laughs> um, so be careful with that. So 5G, um, you know, we don't, we don't know yet what part that plays in damaging the neurological system, but you know, it's, it's highly thought to vaccines and diet. So some diet recommendations, um, you, you can take off any food that is adrenally stimulating. So those are tea, coffee, Coke, Red Bull, um, chocolate, cheese. Um, I thought that was interesting. Hard cheese. It said really hard cheese is adrenally stimulating, but like a softer cheese might be better. That's right. So interesting. I've never heard that. Yeah. Yeah. If you can spread it. It's the soft cheese. If you have to cut it or grate it to get any, right, then it's a hard cheese. And the hard cheeses, yeah, you want to um, you want to limit or eliminate those oranges and orange juice that don't have impact on the adrenals. Um, let's see, what does that say? Other fruit juices. Oh, okay, sorry. Oranges and orange juice do impact the adrenals. Other fruit juices don't is, mm-hmm. is what my notes here say. And so apparently small oranges like clementines don't have the same effect as oranges. And they need lots of essential fatty acids. Mm-hmm. They, these kids tend to be deficient in essential fatty acids. And um, they usually don't eat nuts, avocados, and fish. If you're vegetarian or vegan, then hemp seeds... Um, Hemp seed oil or flaxseed oil is good. If not, then add in fish oil. Mm-hmm. And then there's that whole thing, fermented or not. You know, there's that's really a dilemma. Like, what do you yes. do? And I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Same. Um, so we, you might have to do that work on your own. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know that. <laughs> so, um, you can drizzle hemp seed oil over pizza, pasta, mix it into smoothies. And one tablespoon of hemp, hemp, or flax oil every day can be helpful. All right, so let's talk about remedies. Let's do it. Okay, so the first one is tuberculinum. It's a nozode. That means you can't just call, you can't just order it from any pharmacy. You know, um, so the nozodes you can get from the pharmacies overseas. If you have access to OHM, then OHM has it, OHM Pharma and Pharmacy in Texas, but not everybody has access to that. And if you want access to it, take one of my classes, mm-hmm. take a gateway one and gateway two class, then you can get access to that pharmacy. And then you can get um, no, the tuberculinum and, you know, in the United States. Otherwise, you'll order from overseas. And so tuberculinum is one of the most frequently indicated remedies for children in ADHD. So it's, it looks to be number one for ADHD children. Um, they like motion and movement. They are only quiet when they're out 
uh, like riding in, in a car maybe, or being pushed in their stroller or if they're being rocked. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're talking about really young. Um, these babies like to be vigorously rocked. They like that. They like the strong so motion. Yeah. This all looks like some used to only sleep in that swing going at like the highest setting was how oh. I could get him to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, the only way to get them to sleep is to put them in their car seat and drive around the block. Or remember, you know, I think um, the old washing machines that used to really go, we used to put a, you know, put the car seat on top of the washing machine, turn the washing machine on. And it would be like, you know, we're talking about like really old washing machines. Um, <laughs> I remember though. And um, as they wean from the breast, they don't tolerate dairy well. People who need tur- tuberculinum often have lactose or dairy intolerance. And uh, most of our, most of the dairy herds carry TB, tuberculosis. So tuberculinum is the nosode made from the tuberculosis mm-hmm. um, um, pustule. And so children or, or the, the sputum of someone with, with tuberculosis. And um, let's see. They have lots of digestive issues early on for, in, um, for milk. You know, so they're having a lot of trouble with milk early on. Teeth grinding, um, babies who headbang. Mm. Very, very often tuberculinum will stop headbanging with just a few doses, maybe even just one dose of tuberculinum 200. Um, towards the age of two, the temper tantrums start and they don't stop. They continue through three, four, and they carry on. So these kids start their terrible twos, so to speak, and with those temper tantrums and keep going. Um, <clears throat> they worry that they're going to injure themselves. They scream, kick, hit, cry, roll around on the ground. They have high tempers. Um, being told no is a trigger. They're not going to be told no. And um, they'll go into a total meltdown tantrum, out of control tantrum. They might hit, bite, um, you know, their, their parents or their siblings. These are, these kids are biting. They might swear, you know, it might start with simple swear words, you know, like poo-poo head or something. And then it gets to be more, um, more fruity language. (laughs) (laughs) That's a nice way to put it. (laughs) They're easily bored, highly imaginative. Um, Oftentimes their first words are shoes on because they want to go outside. They are dying to go outside. Um, They love to go out and explore the world. Often they're very, very irritable right when they wake up. They don't like to be woken up. They don't like to be spoken to in the morning. They're not good morning people. Even waking from an afternoon nap can be, they might be very angry or upset. They like their freedom. They don't like restrictions. They don't want to be strapped into that, that car seat. Um, they like to have what they want, when they want it, and to have their choice. And then reverse psychology works really well. 
for the tuberculinum child. Mm-hmm. That is the, that is how I can get him to do almost mm-hmm. anything. So back to the, my, my childcare days, you know, I had the four-year-olds and I had a room of 25 four-year-olds. And as I learned and grew and how to deal with 25 children, I, because I used to flip the lights, I used to yell, everybody, it's time to sit I would none cry. Of that, none of that works. So what I finally learned is I literally would almost whisper, I would say, wow, James, look at you sitting so nicely. I really love that. And I'm not kidding. They would, they would run as fast as they could to their seats and wait because they wanted me to say it to them too. Not kidding. They, I mean, they were all over it. Miss Melissa was, was praising this one. What's he doing? I want to do that. That reverse. Good to know. Noted. Yes. I'm putting that one in there. Like the room would be chaotically loud. And I would say, look at you. Thank you so much. It's almost like the louder you talk, the less they hear you. That's true. That's very I'm going to start whispering when I want to yell at my kids. I'm just going to whisper. That's very true. Yes. Okay. No wonder. Like, what are you? They want to lean in and listen. What is she talking about? She's whispering. I'm going to try it. This is might be magic. You might have just changed my life for all my kids. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes tuberculinum and metarhinum are quite hard to differentiate. So metarhinum is another nosode. And we're going to talk about that one um, in a few minutes. But let's just say um, they're very, very similar to each other. And um, and so we're going to we're going to talk about the differences here. But tuberculinum milk, milk really tends to be the differentiating symptom. So milk is a is a big problem for tuberculinum. And um and tuberculinum, the, the issue with tuberculinum is milk. So they can hate it or they can love it either way. The issue is milk and often they love it, but it doesn't love them. They have, a, they have trouble with it. So um, they're very aggravated by milk. Um, they like smoky flavors. So like ham and bacon, they do tuberculinum um, does a lot of head banging, teeth grinding, wetting the bed. Um, This is the biggest remedy for children who wet the bed, tuberculinum is. And um, often they have sweaty head at night. Their head in particular gets sweaty. So just, um, just quickly to recap tuberculinum, they have a desire for change and restlessness with it. They have big movements, walking about the the room, wanting to be out and about in the world. They're intense, passionate, um, temper tantrums. They feel everything with great intensity. They're very affectionate children, big hugs. Um, So these are, you know, it's kind of rough. So if they have younger siblings, they might be a little rough with them. They, They might have a big fear of dogs. And, um, and they're really wild, wilder than most of the other remedies, um, tendency to catch colds easily. And sometimes they're, and they're usually a bit chesty, you know, chesty colds. So that's a lot about tuberculinum. Metarhinum is next. 
And tuberculinum, I would do, so you're going to choose, you're going to choose the potency based on the health of the child, the vitality of the child. So, um, and you can just try. So you might start with a 6C once a day. If you find a little bit of, of, of help with that, but not quite enough, then maybe you go to a 30C once a day or a 30C once a week or 30C every other day. So, you know, these potencies and how often you give is just really something you're going to play with, but start low and slow and work your way up. Until and you is that it. because you don't want to aggravate a symptom or because you just don't want to use more or a deeper potency than is necessary or the minimum dose? Okay. Minimum dose. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. We want to use just the, the least amount of medicine that we, the, the least amount that we need. So, okay. you know, when some, some homeopaths and some, um, um, people who use homeopathy throw big potencies very frequently. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but then where do you go after that? You know, if that's not working, mm, you may yeah. have missed that level. And then some people have an optimal potency range. Some people really respond well in between these, these potencies and they don't do well up here and they don't do well down here, you know, or, or something like that. So you can find it by slowly working your way. Okay. Mm. All right. I'm doing a lot of talking. Do you want to talk about metarhinum? Sure. I can. So metarhinum, I noticed this. And this is in your notes too, that metarhinum and tuberculinum can look very similar. There's a strong cross between them, but there are some differences. So I think some of these notes are to help differentiate between metarhinum and tuberculinum now. So metarhinum tends to be more impulsive than tuberculinum tend to have more of that adrenaline junkie type of thing, which I can't imagine. Um, it's very obvious that they need those adrenals to be mm -hmm. hit all the time. So maybe cravings for those things that we were talked about earlier, like orange juice mm -hmm. or that, um, the stuff that feeds that adrenaline. So more daredevilish, more reckless behavior. That's one of the rules of metarhinum. They don't headbang or teeth grind. I think that's a pretty, that's a good clarification um, because those are obvious behaviors you'll see. They're very restless, but smaller movements. So their leg or hand doing that very fast movement, you know, like those people who sit there and um, like their leg just, yes, that's what I imagine. Or like rocking in a chair. Um, so not the big, yeah, yeah, Literally. where Summit sits at the table and he has a fork and he's going bam, bam, bam. So I don't think that's probably the metarhinum picture, mm -hmm. but I can picture this as the small, irritated, restless movements, mm -hmm. um, irritates other people more mm. than tuberculinum. I thought that was kind of funny. Mm -hmm. Um, these people can have a fear of animals, especially cats where huh. I think dogs was tuberculinum, right? Uh, yeah. Yep. Um, they often have a love of animals, but that doesn't mean they won't be cruel to them. Yeah. 
So they might love animals, but also do that cruel behavior toward an animal. Um, the, a strong feature of a metarhinum person is a very gentle, nature-loving, animal-loving person. Um, they can be aggressive or a bully. Love to hit and be hit. So their play is often physical. Yeah. Um, maybe enjoying wrestling or that horse play with their dad, which mm. that's hard to distinguish because my kids love that. Yeah. But this, you might be able to tell when they don't know how far to go. They don't know the boundary. So that boundaries thing, yeah. that's hard. That And that impulsivity, that matches that too. Yeah. So this could be a spacey kid. Um, that attention deficit without hyperactivity might be a metarhinum person. Um, dreamy, lost in their own world. What are you writing down? One of my kids' names. Yes, <laughs> I know. I'm thinking of my other kid here. This is so funny. Yep. Okay. Which I don't want to like label all my kids ADD, uh. but. <laughs> This doesn't necessarily mean either that your kid has ADHD to use one of these remedies. So keep right. that in mind. These are just keynotes of these remedies yes. to address the symptoms. It doesn't have to have that label of ADHD. You're, yes. These are the symptoms. They match. Go. This could be helpful for them. So these metarhinum people or our kids are daydreaming, absent-minded, really forgetful. Um, I love the term butterfly mind that you had there, not really focusing like or concentrating, but like they look like they are. I think some, he'll look at me, but I know he's not listening to me. Um, or they leave all their stuff behind everywhere. Yeah. Um, sometimes this reminds me of myself. Yeah. Cabinet door open. Yeah. Kids, I know yours are probably not old enough to do that yet, but yeah. The kitchen cabinet doors are all open and um and pulling the, the milk out of the refrigerator and pouring your glass and leaving it on the counter and leaving the house. <laughs> it's like you have somebody in your house, maybe. <laughs> or like their key. This is the big thing where you like walk in, you set everything down somewhere different, like as you're walking in. You almost like just leave a trail behind you and then you never can find anything. Um anything, yeah. Yeah. So this one, this is an interesting point. Sometimes that spacey forgetfulness is because of snot, literal um, snot. The miasm is an overproduction of mucus. So they're really, really blocked up. You're good. You're back. And it said recording that whole time. So I think we're good. Okay, good. Okay. Yep. Perfect. You can hear these people before you see them because they're noisy breathers. <laughs> awesome. Like their mouth, they might breathe with their mouth open. Okay. Um, mm. Or like where they, it says like in these notes that they just look like they're not intelligent when you're sitting in there, like spaced out, maybe breathing that way, <laughs> but it's really just because you're all plugged up. So because of that, all of that plugged up, you, they are that spacey, dreamy, like dopey effect. So, that so let me just add metarhinum. 
Metarhinum is, has an overproduction of mucus. It's just really, it, that's a big keynote of metarhinum in general. So it just has lots of mucus. That is good to note. Um, okay, metarhinum people might be hurried, do everything really quickly or do a bunch of things at one time, but they can be good multitaskers. Hmm. So I thought that was interesting too. They want everything. You want? Maybe you want to run them. Yeah, because that that matches my life pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, As teenagers, these these people might be more at risk of drug taking just to have that experience. They want all of the experiences. Mm -hmm. So they might have like really wild behavior to try everything once. Um, that reminds me of like skydiving, going on the trips, maybe dropping your responsibilities to just go do all of these fun things. Mm-hmm. That it, Which is that impulsivity, I think too, where you don't think about consequence. Yeah, yeah. Because you just <clears throat> are mm-hmm. wanting to have fun. Yeah. Um, they can be really inquisitive, um, might find it hard to learn to share which is really common, but maybe in the bigger picture if that fits. Um, I, okay, they might, in their hurry to do stuff, they've gone from doing thing to thing to thing, right? And okay, this is the, maybe you can help me clarify this part. Um, Is this part about children? Yeah. Yeah. That that kind of thing. Yeah. So the way toddlers, the way babies or toddlers crawl, babies crawl is you can tell a lot by the way they crawl. Um, so, you know, they should, it should be like our right arm, left leg, left arm, right leg. So it's this you know, if we crawl. Yeah. So that's cross crawl. Yeah. That's cross crawl. Some babies do the army crawl, Uh just pull themselves along. Some babies do, uh, some babies will have their, um, like be up on their toes and, you know, and like Mm -hmm. using their arms, but up on their toes, not their knees. So you really how you're maybe crawling that can tell you a lot about maybe some of their structural issues but mm-hmm. also remedies so we can look at, at remedies um and and um hip so when there's hip misalignment so sometimes they might just need a chiropractor when there's hip misalignment that can cause them to crawl different ways and that in itself can cause behavior issues I have, so I've heard a lot recently about the really huge importance of crawling and crawling like properly, um, in development and all kinds of development, like your mental, the way your brain works, the two sides of your brain or something work together. Um, so -hmm. that's good. That might be a really good keynote for you to keep in mind for your young kids when you're considering which remedy. This Mm -hmm. child tends to like fruity things. A tuberculinum might go for ice cream and a metarhinum might go for a popsicle. 
Mm-hmm. And maybe that's that difference in milk or just the fruit. You know, they want like the, I, they want the popsicle, the fruity thing. They like ice and orange juice. Mm-hmm. Um, they're scared of the dark or of something. They're scared something's going to run up behind them. So, oh my word, I remember this with my sisters running up the stairs and being like, I'm going to go so fast because they're chasing me. Like that terror. Yeah. You feel? Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, it's the worst. Mm-hmm. And they might be afraid of under their bed or mm-hmm. um, things that aren't visible. A metarinum child is scared of things that maybe like you're scared something's hidden from you or behind you or under you. Maybe afraid of sharks in the ocean because you can't see them or like their feet sticking out of the blanket. I re- These are so funny. So um, funny. Things coming up from the toilet. This is a legitimate fear of mine, especially living in Florida. There are critters. I'm waiting for the day. There's like a snake in my toilet. So funny. So I, when, when, um, when we make the bed up, Paul likes his side at the foot, the sheets tucked in and I can't like, as soon as we make the bed up, he's trying to tuck my sheets in. I'm like, stop it. I need my sheets to be out so that I can have my feet out. I need my feet out. You sleep with them out of the blanket. Yes. Oh no, no, no. Mine have to be all tucked up, up in there. Uh Uh-uh. That is so funny. Kyle's like you though. I'll make the bed like extra tight and he'll first thing he'll do is pull them all out. Yep. Oh, it drives me crazy. <laughs> That's so funny. So you're not that metarandum feet person. Apparently. Um, okay. They might be scared of things with masks. So this might be a good way to, for, especially little kids, you can tell this stuff. If somebody comes in with a mask on or like a mm-hmm. clown, something they don't know, they don't recognize. Um, they may sleep in a knee to chest position, almost like they're praying. So their heads, oh, I know this, their heads down and their little butts up in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe their palms are flat on the floor. Mm-hmm. Metarhinum kids tend to be nail biters. As kids, they'll bite their toenails. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is totally summit. Yep. Maybe so like bite, bite, bite till they're really low. Um. Mm-hmm. As babies, they tend to be really prone to diaper rash. Is that because of that, maybe that gut kind of link here? Or is that just a random keynote? Do you know? I might just, I don't know. Okay. I don't know if adrenals have anything to do with, with that. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, I know in some of these, that just happens to be a common thing. So, um, I love this. We'll go so quickly top, just some top keynotes, because I know that was a lot to keep in mind for metarhinum. They have that spacey, dreamy mentality lost in the clouds, love animals and possibly still cruel to them. They're wild and want to experience everything and learn through their experience. There, um, there's that overproduction of mucus possible dyslexia or dyspraxia. I think I, I forgot to mention that earlier. So that could be a really big one, which could go with that delayed development too. Um, the cross crawling. Mm-hmm. No, Keep, no cross crawling. Right. If they don't cross crawl, right. That's yep. a matter item. 
And it says as part of the hurriedness, they want to just skip over. They don't want to figure it out. They're just getting out of there. Mm -hmm. Um, That knee chest position to sleep, the nail biting, the love for orange juice and fruit, fear of dark and the things behind them or beneath them. And then um, that sore bright red bottom, maybe for a baby or a young child. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So that's metarhinum. Yeah. Yeah. So we just have two more and the next two are not as long as metarhinum and tuberculinum. Those are big remedies. Thank you so much for going through that one. And, um, and yeah, and I, um, I'm sure that the people love to hear a different, different voice and different. Yeah. I actually, a lot of our comments back are how great it is to listen to you. So I don't know. (laughs) I enjoy your voice. So I think everybody does. I just don't ever want to, I don't, I don't want this to be boring. So, and I have no idea. It doesn't tell us how long we want. Anyway, we have two more remedies left and they're not as long and tarantula, tarantula. So it's not tarantula. Mm. Um, it's tarantula. This is my, my son's texting me as I'm trying to. <laughs> okay. Um, but it is, it's, it's, tar- it's from the tarantula spider. It is, but it's spelled tarantula. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, this is incredibly active. They seem to have bottomless store of energy, walking, running, dancing, spinning around, um, like a, like the, um, energizer bunny. So yes. I used to call grace energizer bunny because she could take a little cat nap and she'd be good for a long time. And she still does that. She just takes a little naps. That's so funny. Go and go and go. And she just goes and goes and goes. Um, have really high energy, always on the move, always, always um, doing something with hands or legs. Um, hands and arms are often very mobile and busy. So you think about your drummers. Those are those tend a lot of drummers and musicians tend to be tarantula. They have um, they can jump four to five feet. They like to jump. They're very active, rarely sit still, always on the go, rarely feel tired. Some of you are out there like. I need some of that because you're fatigued. (laughs) I know. Can I like take this to be a little bit like that? Um, rhythmic movements. So tarantula has loves music, loves to move their hands. And like I said, a great remedy for drummers. They like attention and they like to do things to get attention. So you're musicians, they're up on a stage, you know, and they're, um, they're very active up there and they like that attention. Um, they like to look threatening or to be threatening. They like freedom. They don't like to look like everyone else. And they like to be different in some ways from the rest of the society. They like to please themselves with how they look. And um, they're very creative. They don't want to have your restrictions imposed on them. Uh, Both tarantula and tuberculinum will compete for your youngest, I'm sorry, will compete for youngest baby to escape seatbelt. What? Okay. So I totally get it. Like they want to just, they don't want to be held back and they're going to be 
really sneaky and find a way out of there. Both of them. Yep. Torrential and tuberculum. They don't want to be restricted and they are very clever. They're going to find a way out. Um, They have threatening behavior. Sometimes they um, there's overt violence, subtle threats, um, desire to slightly intimidate or slightly threaten, not always verbal, not always overt. Sometimes they just, you can feel it. Mm -hmm. They're very busy, big movements, inability to really focus. They're artistic. Um, So they tend to be different. And um, and they, they like to do things that people say they can't do. So they can be groundbreaking in music and art. So these are, you know, like think of Jimi Hendrix. Like these are, these are these amazing artists. Um, They are unlikely to be found stuck in a nine to five job. They're not going to do it. Um, They're either self-employed or they're in a field that gives them a lot of freedom um, and, or a field that's slightly offbeat and quite creative. So they can be manipulative and clever. Typical torrential behavior in a child might be to creep out of their hiding place and create mischief when no one is looking. And then when someone looks to retreat and hide while they, while keeping a future affirmative, sorry, eye um, on the effect that they are producing. So what that's in quotes, that's a part of my notes, but what I'm, what they're doing like the tarantula spider, they're hiding, they're waiting for their chance, you know, and they come out a little bit (laughs) and they go back and mess up some stuff. And then they're like, Ooh, let me go back in here and watch you all deal with Mm -hmm. this. Yep. They want attention and attention for being bad, naughty, is just as good as attention for being good. They're okay with that. Uh, They find it easier to be naughty than they do to be good. And um, (laughs) they just want, they just want to be free. They want the freedom to dress how they want to dress. So you're thinking of these, you know, maybe, maybe teenagers. I mean, it could even be little kids, right? It might, it Mm -hmm. could be the the little boy who wants to wear. Oh yeah. Something could be like that. In the wintertime. I mean, yep. He doesn't want to wear shoes. When he doesn't want to wear shoes, he has different times where he, and this outfit will be what he is wearing. He doesn't care what it looks like or that it's dirty or what I want him to wear. Yeah. He's going to wear that thing. Yep. They like to dance. They like rhythm. They love music. And um, they hit themselves in the head. <laughs> So just to to recap tarantula, um, they have lots and lots and lots of energy. The main feature of this remedy is jumping. So they jump any kind of energetic movements, the rhythmic dancing, drumming, weaving, horse riding. So weaving, um, crochet, knitting, you know, they have that, that rhythmic movement. Um, They... They just want freedom. They're like little Houdinis. They will get out of that car seat. They will escape. <laughs> Whatever that little swing or that thing you're trying to, to lock them in, they cannot be contained. 
<clears throat> and oh, that's funny. Back to my puppy, my German Shepherd. We locked him in his crate. And when we came home, he was out, and the crate was still locked and closed. I'm not kidding. We were like, did you like squeeze through the bars? Like, what just happened here? Yeah, I don't, I we think, don't know. Or he's like, I'm going to go lock that back up. He's a German <laughs> Shepherd. He's smart. He probably thought, I'm going to go. That is bizarre. It was crazy. So it's like he maybe squeezed through anyway. He was like, yeah, little Houdini is not going to be contained. Um, so um, creative and artistic music, painting, art, creating, um, threatening behavior. They um, it doesn't have to be overt violence. It can be like a more mild, subtle underlying threat and um, the desire for attention. So by being naughty or by um, how they choose to dress. They're, they want that attention and they can be manipulative, <clears throat> um, sly, like a fox, love the open air, love being outside in nature. They desire ice and spice. What an, what an easy way to remember. Desire yeah. ice and spice. Ice and spice. Um, anorexia can be part of this picture. Not, not always, but um, it can go along with um, long periods of time, going long periods of time without eating. They don't like to have to stop to eat. So, um, they can decide not to eat as a form of control, especially in disturbed teens with a picture that looks a little bit like ADHD. Okay. So that's tarantula. And our last one is belladonna. And it's, it's pretty short also. Do you want to do belladonna? Sure. I'll do belladonna. So belladonna is great for behavioral problems in children. Um, this could be a suddenness with, you know, I don't, how would that relate to ADHD though? Like maybe that behavior is a really sudden behavior or maybe you know they I have the of? physical presentation of it. So if you think of, so our keynotes for belladonna are red, hot and high, right? There's mm-hmm. the main keynote. So, and, and, and throbbing, they have a throbbing pain. So I think it's, it's, to me, it, it sounds like, um, like they have a sudden outburst of, of energy or a sudden outburst of whatever, you know, behavior. Yeah. That's what I like that paired, which would be why it would be a unique remedy is you could probably see that physical presentation with the behavior. Yeah. Cause then they could be red. Yeah. Yeah, it said heat and redness and even dilated pupils. So yeah, that's um, I loved this one, the external angel and devil. And the cardium could be the internal struggle between good and bad, but belladonna is a very external one that you can see. They're either absolutely a little darling or they are a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So it's like that Jekyll and Hyde type deal is what I picture. Yeah. So super sweet and suddenly he just turns into like a monster and you might see that look in their eyes that like crazed look yeah um their pupils might dilate and you just know the tantrums coming they might be really violent aggressive uncooperative that very sudden behavior um they have a robust energy it's a strong behavior a lot of energy stamina when they're in a good mood, they're in a really good mood. They're cheerful, 
chatty. They like to be around them, but when they're in a bad mood, they're violent, maybe abusive or shouting. So it's those extremes. Wow, yeah. Mm -hmm. They tend to be noisy children. So slamming cars into each other, (laughs) banging things, really noisy play. This seriously sounds like a lot of my life. They love war play. So tanks and guns and soldiers, that intensity, Mm -hmm. um, very attracted to war and video games of war or paintball, that explosive energy. Mm -hmm. So you hear them. And I know what these are talking about. You hear the explosions when they play, whether it's, I think, physically they're crashing stuff. Mm -hmm. Or you even know when they're playing and they're going, like everything's exploding, you know? Yeah. (laughs) They like to to talk and laugh and sing. They might like violent things. So when they're in that wild state, they can be very violent, set things on fire. Like those kids who are really obsessed with fire. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, red and hot. Like I never thought of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you ask them why they're mad, you see that their face, they might like, I picture that little kid who's like really tense and going to boil. Like his eyes will get red or his face gets really red. Like the steam coming out of their ears. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is funny. I have never really thought of Belladonna like personified. When mm-hmm. you think of it in a fever or when you use it for sickness, this is it as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Belladonna yeah. kids are scared of the dark, of monsters. They love sour things. So this is different than that, like that sweet fruity um, craving in the other remedies. They like lemon juice, maybe mm-hmm. with a little sugar, but they like the sharp, sour taste. Mm-hmm. Um, they might throw that big, huge fit, but then recover really quickly. And kind of like a belladonna fever, it might get really high and intense, but maybe like a shorter mm-hmm. duration than other like prolonged type fevers. And that yeah. is belladonna. So not as long. Yeah. So what you, you just said, um, <clears throat> you know, how they like the lemon juice and they might like a little bit of sugar, but they like that sharp. They might even suck on a lemon. When we're looking at the one thing, just to think about, this is almost a, a kind of a side note. When we're looking in the repertory, <clears throat> when we're taking a case and we're, when we're trying to figure out, you know, or we asking what they like, what they desire, their food desires that can always play into the chronic pictures, right? And so you look in the food chapter, if somebody says, if a mom or a person, whatever, says to you that they or their child likes lemonade, you have to differentiate between today's lemonade and the lemonade of back Mm. in Hahnemann's time when these Materia Medicas were written that lemonade was lemon and water with maybe a little bit of sugar, maybe not. That was That's sharp, good point. sour lemonade. Our lemonade today is sugar. Oh, that yeah. You sugar with a little lemon tape. It's like sweet, <laughs> so good. I mean, I love their lemonade, but it is so sugary. You're right. Look at the lemonade in the Medica. <clears throat> it's not this sweet, 
lemonade that we drink today. So, so if somebody says they like lemonade, then you want to dig deeper and say, well, do they like lemons? Do they like, do they like to suck on lemons? Do they like to squeeze lemon on whatever, you know, do they like on their salad or whatever? So you want to dig deeper and see, do they really like sour things? Or do they like sweet things? Yeah. So make sure of what it is like that. We're talking about the same thing. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Awesome. ADHD. That was, that was a big one. And it was so interesting, wasn't it? To just, Oh my word. So interesting. I hope you guys thought so. If you're listening. Yeah. I feel like this is going, going to be really helpful. I don't think I've ever seen it broken down like this. Yeah. So that was, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, me too. Join us in my mentorship program. If you want to learn how to manage your ADHD case. So in the mentorship program, we really dig deep into case management, case taking and case management. And so you can come join me there. Um, you can look on my website, you know, to melissacrenshaw.com under the courses tab and find the mentorship program and really read about it. You can watch a video um, of me talking about it, but it's, it's, you can learn and know all these remedies and know what to give. But in that mentorship program, I help you learn how to manage the case. How do you know when to move on? How do you know when to stay with the remedy? How do you know how long to do the remedy? Those are the things that we dig deep into in that. And so I'd love to see you. And if you take Gateway 1 and Gateway 2 first, then you get a 10% discount off the mentorship program. So Yeah, which is great anyway. That's a really good foundational. They're not expensive. And you get really good information there. I think it's a good... You don't have to do them, so you, yeah, but it right. is helpful. Thank you so much. Awesome. Melissa. Thank this you. Was so good. Yeah. Yes. We'll see you all next time.